Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to invite you to join our free Facebook group, the Creative Agency Clique. We live stream weekly trainings on tactics that will help you simplify and scale your agency. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash FP to join. And now for the show. Hey, everybody. Darren and I are back today to talk to you about how to attract the right type of client to your creative agency. Ultimately, having the right clients can make all the difference in your success for your agency. Of course, finding those ideal clients really isn't all that easy, but we'll sort of walk through, you know, the how crucial ultimately it is that you've done everything that's possible to allow and make sure that they're connecting to your message so that they can find you. Being truly selective of who it is that you're working with. My sort of belief system is that it's very difficult to grow a business and grow an agency and be creative when the people that you surround yourself with are draining you of energy. You have to be able to have fun with the people that you're working with. And if you're in a place where you get an email from a client, you're like, ah, that's just something that you're dreading getting that email. It's not something that's going to make you feel positively about. Right. I mean, attracting the right type of clients, but I think it's worse is just having the wrong clients, right? Those, those D, E, and F, those C, D, E, and F clients, right? Where your team doesn't like working with them. Ultimately, that could put a, a damper on the, the whole environment for the business, right? If you have star players that are leaving because of clients, or if you, like you said, you're having those, those moments in the agency where it's just like, oh my goodness, not, not, not Kirk from XYZ company or, or, oh my goodness, not, not again. Like, you know, those people who are just fun suckers like it's, it's, just, it's just i don't know what other way to describe it it's just like dude i come to work like i'm doing creative work so i want to create some some awesome graphics for you and you need to be in the right headspace and i need to have the right energy for like what i'm doing for you right and and ultimately i don't want this to to put a, a damper on on my creative process or or the results that i get for you because i'm i'm feeling i'm not feeling good about you right and ultimately, I feel like a lot of people get to picking up those type of clients just because of they're in that famine mindset. The thing that's really important that I think you're right is that you have to be the truest form of yourself. The Live the values of your dream client. You have to really walk the walk here, right? That if you want to attract more sort of social impact clients, then you need to have social impact as an important cornerstone of your life in business as well. That you... If you want to attract more local businesses, then maybe you need to be more involved in your community and care about the community that you're serving. That it's, if you want to attract people, then you have to, and you are projecting out these specific values, or you're pretending to be something that you're, you're not going to attract the right person. You're not going to have them gravitate towards you, right? It's, it's just, it causes this bifurcation in your messaging and who you are, and then you're going to end up with the wrong person. If you're speaking to a specific industry and not speaking in your own language, just specifically for marketing jargon, I'm sorry to tell you, you're attracting the wrong person. You have to be yourself, and your agency has to project out its values to attract the people that 
are like-minded, that appreciate you for who you are. And if you're not doing that, then it's no wonder that you're attracting the wrong type of client. Right. Especially, I don't know, there's also this, uh, if it's ever happened to you, but like when you're a part of the in crowd, you know what the in crowd is. Like, you know, you, you recognize somebody who's similar to you, has those similar values, and you recognize when somebody's pretending to have those similar values, right? And ultimately, you're going to put a stain on your reputation of that, of somebody who's trying to be a, a faker. Like, you're, you're a wannabe, realistically. And, and you don't want to have that, right? You don't want to ostracize yourself for pretending to be something that you're not. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's really important that we that we recognize sort of talking directly to them, right? Like using their own language and speaking to them in, in words that they can understand. I mean, one of the things that was, you know, very cornerstone to, I, I believe, a piece of our success initially in, in working with clients from a financial and accounting perspective, right? That if we were to be talking in purely colloquial accounting words and talking in debits and credits and all of this, like serving this industry would have been frustrating for the client, right? Like we needed to speak to them in their words, speak to them in words that were easy to understand and then something that would have been that not made people feel dumb when talking to them, right? Not that they are and not that we were trying to dumb ourselves down for it. That's not the point. It's just utilizing words that were easy to understand that weren't part of just our language, but using words that talk to that demographic, right? That they're recognizing that that's when you speak to someone in terms that they understand, you're able to break down barriers much easier and why actually living the life that connects to them allows for that to be easier. Because if you, as Darren was talking about, sort of being this faker, fraud wannabe, it becomes very difficult to be able to talk to them. Right, and... Also, that's something I had to learn as well, speaking, like being able to translate, you know, the it may be something that you feel like is is simple to you or simple because you've been in the field for forever. Right. But being able to translate like those super, super accounting words like uh, to somebody who who's never taken an accounting class. Right? Super accounting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, talking about like quick ratios and, and X, Y, Z is just like, oh, no, no, no. Let me just explain to you what this actually means, right? So it's just being able to relate. Ultimately, that's just what good communication is. It's just being able to articulate an idea to, to somebody in a way that they can understand it that makes you a great communicator. I 100% agree, but I do have to say that when you said super accounting words, I was thinking of like pocket protecting wearing with a cape is what like went into my head. I just thought that was really funny to share. <laughs> with glasses and, and a little tape in the middle. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So good. I also think it's really important to be really consistent in your communication, right? And that you need to be ensure that ultimately that you are talking to this demographic on an ongoing basis, right? That you're not just, you know, what I see happen so frequently is, you know, you have someone that's afraid of sending multiple emails that they'll send out like a newsletter once a quarter and not actually talking to the ideal client on an ongoing basis. And realistically speaking, you need to be consistent in the frequency. You need to be consistent in your messaging across your social media platforms, to your web pages, to your landing pages, to the content that you're producing, and making sure that you are communicating in a way that is succinct, right? That you are able to, if someone is going to find you 
on a social channel and then they download a book or a lead magnet or of something and then they meet you in person and there's different voices at each one of those, you're going to create questions for that prospect. They need to experience the same version of you in every single channel. And so speaking frequently enough, communicating with them often, but also making sure that it's succinct and consistent and being, and not just from like, let's say that you're running ads and you're going to write ad copy that is purely for the sake of creating a click and trying to get them to do something. It's if you're doing it with that mind, that motivation only, not saying that there shouldn't be an air of thinking about that when writing copy, you need to think about that, but it needs to be consistent. Right, right. You don't want to just put out one good piece of content and then just fall off the face of the earth, right? You want to be there because after you, when you consistently put out good pieces of content, it, it creates, it builds that audience. You start building that snowball of, of, of people, of followers, of, of potential clients that want to work with you. They're like, oh, like, and they also start to seek you out for your opinion on different aspects, right? So like, if you're, if you're in the industry of healthcare, like, of course, I want to hear you talk about, you know, the virus and, and what's going on and how that's going to impact me and my business, because I've, built this rapport with you. I've built this, I've built this knowing, this familiarity with you, and I want to know your perspective on it. You absolutely need to make sure that you are being, and like talking about what's ultimately happening in their day-to-day -day lives, right? And, you know, understanding those sort of pain points and how does what you do help accomplish it? And I'm not saying that you should be consistently selling in every aspect of communication. You shouldn't. But having them understand there's recognizing that and recognizing that in marketing, there's, you know, problem aware, there's solution aware, and then there's people that are neither, right? And very difficult to, to market to someone that isn't problem aware or solution aware. But if they're problem aware, how do you make them solution aware? And if they're solution aware, how do you make it ultimately that allows for them to gravitate towards you? So how do you speak to the pain point and challenge that they're having? The like piece that I always am pointing to is I always want and I don't want people that come across our marketing to think about it as, you know, this like idealistic, something I can't accomplish on my own type messaging, right? Like, I want them to believe in themselves. I want to help elevate how they feel about the things that they're doing and who they are as a person and, and have them really be able to kind of stretch their arm out and feel the potential of their future life. And whether that's through me or not, I want to be able to elevate them to being able to help them solve that challenge. And if the way that you are looking at it is purely from a self-serving standpoint, I'm sorry to tell you, but that self-serving mindset is going to not serve them. It's not going to serve you either. And you need to be rethinking your entire strategy there. Right, right. So you want to be able to relate to them and understand that's another aspect of being when you're in it, you know, right? And also the last point that you touched upon is, is that self-serving mindset of just like, it's just about me, 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 right? Have you ever had a conversation with somebody who's only talking about themselves? Like that is the absolute worst. Yeah, I um, could not get further away from that person as quickly as I possibly could. The final thing I wanted to sort of hit on here when it comes to thinking about client selection and attracting the right client 
is how do you go about making it easy for them to choose you? This, I mean, obviously this is multifaceted, right? From building authority and creating trust for your prospect to choose you. It's like thinking about where, what are the channels, the publications, the media that they trust? How can you be there? Where their eyes already exist and where they're already reading, how can you be there? And you should be looking at being in those places as much as you possibly can be. And utilizing those trust triggers for them to build credibility is really meaningful and helps transfer over that authority to you and build a relationship in a much faster way. Right. Like you said, it realistically, it's just you're building a relationship with that person on the other side of, of the screen, on the other side of the, of the, the relationship or, or wherever they may be, right? You're, you're helping them by talking about their problems and, and how you can add some value to it or the things that they can do to address those pain points that they have. You're, you're showing up at all of the, the places that they, they look for or they go to whenever they're like just on their own downtime. Like, even though, no, there may be like a popular creator and then like you show up on their podcast or you show up on there. It's like, oh, wow. Like, I, I feel like you start to feel like, you know, that person. Right. And just building that consistency is just like, oh, wow. I, I like I could I could see their perspective. I can almost like anticipate what they're going to say. And it's just like you start to seek them out. Right. You're just building and just con consistently like adding value to their day or adding value to their their, uh, their business, right? And then ultimately, it's just like one day you may say something, like you may have been gone a year just talking, right? And then one day you may say that 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 word or you may you may talk about that one pain point and it's just like, oh, wow, I did not realize I had that problem. Like I've been watching and following this guy for the past year, like, and he just, the phrase that he said, like spoke to me this time. So like, let me reach out to him and see how ultimately they can help me, right? Because you've built that relationship and it becomes just simple at that point. I also think that, you know, one of the things that I think is super useful, and I mean, there's all sorts of different forms of, of social proof from case studies and testimonials and things as well, you know, is why not actually have people that you already have created impact for them speak for you? I think it's more powerful too when you allow other people to speak for you and not having to scream and talk about yourself in this very loud, bombastic way, you know, but allowing for people that, that trust you have had the result, that have had the impact from working with you, talk for you and actually be there to share and actually recognizing how, what you're doing. So even if it's in a written sort of case study, talking about the experience of what a client went through, where they were, what, what they did with you and ultimately where they got to really creates a lot of, it's kind of like the WD-40 of a, of a relationship building, right? Because it creates safety for them. Yeah. And just to, to, I know we do this all the time, but relate that to dating is just like when your, your friend introduces you to their friend, it's like, oh, well, you know, Robert and, and Robert knows you. It's just like, it makes it more simple, right? Because like I Im imbue my trust from Robert onto you, right? So whether that be a friend or like a, I want to say like a, a referral, right? Referrals are typically the same way type of relationship where it's just like you're getting the credibility from somebody else imbued onto you, whether it be my favorite creator brought you on, like that trust kind of transfers to you as well. Like just other people, like third party, just trust just being added onto your name and, and just ultimately continuing to build that relationship with you. The thing that I also see happen quite a lot, right, is that this industry 
is also selling loads on the deliverable rather than actually selling based on what the end outcome is which I think is such a massive missing point for the industry, right? Because recognizing that every single thing that is sold in this industry really isn't about the end. It isn't about the deliverable. It's about the deliverable actually being a tool to achieving a result or achieving an outcome. And so ultimately allowing for your prospect to understand is how you are the go-between from where they are right now to where they're looking to go in the future. And if you're site, your marketing material, the things that you're putting out there are essentially a portfolio. Why do they know that that's going to be helpful, right? I mean, what distinguishes you differently from a Fiverr or an Upwork with that type of, of marketing, with that type of messaging? If you're talking about like, hey, on your on the main page of your site, all you're saying is, we do web design, right? Like we are design agency, or we are this. And it's like, well, yeah, but why? For what? And how does it help me? What does it mean for me? And how is it going to help me accomplish what I'm looking to accomplish? And making sure that you're always thinking about the client first. And sure, what you do will help them accomplish that. I'm not denying the value of what that deliverable is and what that tool is, but recognizing that ultimately there's more to it and more to the story than just that specific tool and that specific deliverable. Yeah, I mean, that's very well said, realistically, because at the end of the day, you are providing them with the easement to that pain point, whatever pain point that you're addressing and whatever they're looking to accomplish. And it's just being able to articulate that and being able to just connect with them and let them know like, hey, like, yeah, I'm building a website, but this website is actually going to provide you with what you're looking for ultimately, or how it's going to provide you with what you're looking for ultimately. And how your system and your process and the way that you go about doing it allows for them to have the assured result. The other thing I would like to leave you guys all with today is a bit of a statement and then some clarification. I don't want you and you shouldn't be chasing. You want to attract. And it's an important distinction here, right? And I'm not saying that by doing outbound marketing that you are chasing the way that you actually position what you're doing is incredibly important to ensuring that the way that you're saying it, right, that you are here and you're already doing this thing, that you're not being pushy, you're not trying to compel someone, you're not trying to convince someone. It's letting them know that you're already here doing this thing and they can come along for the ride should they choose. You are doing this amazing thing with or without them. And they can decide to join along with you or not. And if you pivot from that mindset, that belief system that you are the prize, that they need you just as much as you need them, will change the entire emphasis in yourself, in your messaging, and in your marketing, allowing for you to have them attracted to you and not feeling like they're being chased by you. 100%. 100%. And also the... I like the, the the way that you phrase it. Chasing implies that they're running from you, right? And then, like, it, it, it's like, why are you expending this energy for somebody who doesn't want to engage with you, right? And so, ultimately, are they going to be the type of client? Are you, are they going to be the person that you want to work with if you're constantly having to convince them 
that this is what they need or this is going to get them the, the results that they want, right? Ultimately, that's probably person's going to probably be a, a F client because they're like, okay, micromanaging. So you told me this is going to be this and this, is, you know what I'm saying? They, they don't have that, that trust built with you, you know what I'm saying? So like, I really appreciate the, the way that you, you phrased that. Thank you everyone for joining today. And I hope that you got loads of value out of this episode. And if you have any questions about any of the content at all, please do feel, to re feel free to reach out. We're always available in our Facebook group, The Creative Agency Week. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I gotta I got sell, I gotta sell, I gotta sell because if I don't sell, I don't, make our, I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000. Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5,000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we wanna make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I wanna deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.